Hey guys, thanks for tuning into Masses World this week. Just a few things before we get started. First, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. Second, if you'd like to give to the show, please click on the support this podcast button on the podcast page. If you want to follow my day-to-day life, my Twitter handle is at Masset14 and my Instagram handle is at MassWorld14. It's also in the show notes. Lastly, here's a message from our sponsors. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome into this episode of Mass's World. Um, today I brought in a friend. His name's Devin McElwain. Um, and what we're going to talk about is what coaching and teaching is really like. Um, I feel that it has this glamour to it. Um, and we're just going to kind of shed some truth. There are some glamorous parts of it, um, but it is a lot of work. Um, a lot of my friends, you know, will tell me how lucky I am to have a job like this. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I am, but I don't think they understand um, what actually really goes into it. Um, like I said, I have my buddy here, Devin McElwain. He coaches at Timber Creek High School. He's the JV head coach and the varsity assistant there. Um, and just, Dev, introduce yourself, um, kind of your story, where you're at before coaching, now you are coaching, how'd you get that job, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I'd probably say definitely didn't take the most traditional route to uh, teaching and coaching compared to maybe some college students who earn their degree in that fashion with that goal in mind. I was, like you, a business major at Baylor University and um, <clears throat> started out out of college uh, working for a software company in downtown Dallas uh, doing some <clears throat> marketing campaign demand generation type stuff. Did that for about 15 months before I realized that, you know, I really wanted to go try and get my teaching certificate where I could go out and wasn't really 100% sure what I wanted to do at that point. I was obviously thinking football and basketball. I've since transitioned to basketball only, which is a good blessing. I spent my first two years of coaching at a small high school in East Texas. I was a football assistant there. Actually, my second year, I was essentially our assistant offensive coordinator, which is kind of interesting in some right, but sort of had to go from that straight into basketball season. Definitely a challenge, Um, not to mention having to kind of adjust to teaching on top of that. Yeah. Uh, I had three I guess, subject preps that you would have to say. I taught five classes, five class periods, uh, three different classes between world geography, economics, and government. Um, Did that all concurrently. So between having to, one, adjust to teaching um, and kind of generate my own lesson plans and stuff with three subjects, and then also kind of contribute where I needed to in the football aspect, as well as try and try and and build a basketball program essentially um, was very, very challenging. Um, Year one was basically, I was just trying to keep my head above water. And then I got a bit more comfortable year two. um, It was, it was obviously a little bit better uh, just because the, the teaching part of it isn't quite as scary because you've done it before and it's uh, essentially repeats itself with just a little bit of refinement right but now yeah i'm over at timber creek which is your old school 
um, <clears throat> just teaching one subject prep, world geography, and JV, assist, uh, JV head and varsity assistant over there. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, thank you. Tell us a little bit more about you. Um, teaching, you know, it kind of, like I said earlier, it looks really glamorous. So I want to kind of hit on what you thought it was going to be like when you were making that jump from your company, your company, Landon, to um, actually coaching and teaching. And, and your transition, I feel like, was harder than most because, like you said, you were teaching three different subjects. I've, I've never had to deal with that. I've only had to do the same subject of pre-AP and regular, which isn't hard to, to differentiate. Um, so what did you think coaching and teaching was going to be like? Because I remember you came to me asking me, hey, what's it like? I was in it a year before you. And, you know, I just, I, I had a, I know how I viewed it um, going into it. And I just want to hear someone else's perspective on that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably say that, you know, a lot of my motivation was just kind of <clears throat> not playing high school hero by any means, but just kind of trying to get that feeling of excitement and level of competitiveness in different aspects of my life. Um, Post-college don't really have a lot of those experiences. Um, <clears throat> those were kind of the most fulfilling in my mind. So I kind of like sought out a way where I could create more of those. And I thought that that career change could be a good avenue for that. Um, I'm kind of, I guess, like the point of view that we're trying to express is that it definitely is is perceived as, as glamorous, I guess. When you look at... Except for the money. Yeah, except for the money, of course. <laughs> that's, a, that's like a given, like yeah. you're, you know, there's a, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of opportunity there on that front, sure. but you know, I'm kind of like you were, you know, I was thinking, man, it's so great. I'm going to be able to, you know, <clears throat> kind of have those experiences where I can, you know, be around sports and, uh, <clears throat> you know, basically I won't have to sit behind a desk all day and, you know, do things that seem meaningless and I can focus on passions and stuff like that, you know, and I think that, to a degree, that's that's absolutely right. But kind of like you said, and we'll dive deeper into it. I guess it's very much a grind. Yeah, um, I kind of thought it was going to be like basketball all day, and I understood that that teaching was going to be involved. Um, and I, I I think we both take teaching very seriously. Um, but when I was thinking about coaching and teaching, I thought doing it for um, when you get paid anything for the coaching. And you have to be a pretty good teacher because totally. you are always, um, I don't know, but, you know, actually I do know about Timber Creek, but at the colony, we have tons of, of cameras everywhere. Not that I would ever, you know, do nothing in class. Um, I always try to provide some sort of value um, to the kids in that. But, you know, you've got to be on it. You've got to be a, a good teacher. You're going to be weeded out pretty quickly. Um, and you and I talk about teaching strategies all the time and different ways to do stuff, which I think has been cool because I thought it was going to just be a lot more basketball. And, you know, I didn't, when I got in, I was like, man, I don't want to be the just, you know, typical coach, um, who you don't do anything. Everyone's had that, that teacher. So I, I really try and, um, fight that and try to be a really good teacher. But I looked at it and I was like, it's going to be all coaching basketball 24 seven. and um, yeah, I, I think it'd be an easy transition. What was the, what it was the toughest transition to you? Because I think yours was much harder than mine. I think I am already anticipating your answer, but what was the toughest transition for you going from corporate life right into teaching? 
I'd probably say just the the time management part in my mind was way more difficult. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that, you know, it was a lot of things at one time, like not only like trying to prep during the off season, you know, in terms of what am I going to, you know, what type of coach am I going to be? What do I want to run? What kind of personnel am I looking at with my kids? I haven't even seen them in the gym yet. And uh, trying to figure out that part of it. And then plus, you know, having to coach football and contribute in that front, which is a total beast. I mean, and you're going from a lot, people don't realize this. I mean, you're going from mid July starting with football and it's constant through November and it's a lot of collaboration. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of, it's a lot of time like outside of practice. I mean, seven days a week. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. I was lucky. It was in a good situation where it was only days a week, but you know, definitely missed out on, you know, the typical weekend activities of a young 20 something compared to, you know, when I was in corporate life and stuff. But, you know, I think that all of the things combined at one time, not only contributing to football, but, you know, also planning for basketball, planning what I wanted to do, and then also transitioning to teaching three subjects. And it's not, it's not like, you know, this was a very small school district. I was the only world geography teacher. I was the only government teacher. I was the only economics teacher. So I didn't have any type of lead. So I was basically trying to work through that entire transition of all these things combined at one time. And it was extremely uh, stressful for a while there. I bet. I mean, I I teach one class and, you know, my goal, I I was given a kind of set of parameters by some teachers who really took care of me. Um, But my goal is to try and improve lessons now, three or four a semester um, and make, make it, make the class more interactive or, you know, I even gave my kids a, a feedback quiz of like how they wanted to learn and they gave me, you know, what they wanted to do. So I'm balancing out the class structure now to that percentage. So four to five days, we're going to do notes a specific way. The other, the other day they wanted me to lecture. So they didn't want lecturing every day. They wanted mm-hmm. a lot of individual stuff. Um, but with that comes some sort of accountability that I've got to hold them accountable to answering tough questions and stuff like that. So, I mean, like I said, the teaching part um, was the is the biggest burden for me, right. and I can only imagine because I only had one class, and you had three different preps, and um, went your range from freshman to senior. Right, I've only ever had freshmen. I've been doing this since year four, and I've only ever had freshmen. You've had a lot more to that. Um, I want to talk about something a little interesting. You went from being a head coach, right, to an assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talk about the differences there, and. I mean, you have a slightly different viewpoint than I do. We have worked now one year for the same same guy who mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a genius, quite frankly. Right. Um, but yeah, just talk about a little bit from, from being thrust in as a head coach and then moving down to the assistant role at a bigger school, which still kind of feels like a step up, but kind of a step down. It's kind of a unique situation. So just hit on mm-hmm. that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like you said, I was in the unique situation where you know I was just getting started. And, uh, you know, basically through a connection and basically essentially it was getting late in the process. It was early July and nobody wanted this job, essentially. And this school district in East Texas basically said, hey, do you want to be a 24 year old head coach? And I was like, sure. You know, why why not? Awesome. Uh, With really no with ideas, but no 
no definite like thinking on you know what I was getting myself into and everything and what kind of challenge it was going to be and obviously like I thought it was going to be a challenge and you know I had images of like coming in and you know doing things differently and 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 basically bringing their program up from from nothing and you know making playoffs and stuff like that so I had a lot of uh, like goals and basically uh dreams basically in terms of what that could look like um yeah so that was a really unique situation year one was really wild because i was just i was just basically trying to learn on the fly i mean and there's so many different things outside of just coaching scheme uh learning to deal with parents learning to deal with kids outside of basketball learning to um, <clears throat> learning to create practice plans, learning to manage kids' time, learning uh, how to break down film and all these different and paperwork and getting freeze and all these different things that people don't really think about when it comes to coaching that it's just like, it's administrative. Like you think that you're doing somewhat menial task in your job. There's some of that everywhere. And, you know, I think that that often gets overlooked. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, and my second year was, a lot better. I had obviously a much better understanding of personnel. Um, <clears throat> I had a little bit of, you know, uh, a chance to reflect on the previous year and just kind of understand my group and what needs to happen well, because that first year we, we were one in 24. I mean, we, we were terrible. I mean, we lost, uh, we were zero and six in games decided by two or less points. Mm. So it was it was just kind of a grind, and there was just that general belief in every sport because they went zero and ten in football that same year that you know they just couldn't win in anything, and it was just like part of the culture of that school. Um, <clears throat> year two, football went better. Like they went six and four, and we finished basically out of a tiebreaker. We lost out on a tiebreaker to make playoffs. So there was a little bit more belief in themselves coming in. We underperformed beginning of the year, and and then kind of played well early on in districts and uh, kind of lost some, lost some gas coming into the finish and missed out on playoffs by one game, but it was still a really good year. We were really close um, closest that we had been apparently in like 17 years of uh, the past 17 years of the school, you know, in terms of their basketball season and being close to playoffs and stuff. But so my goal the next year was, okay, let's get, let's take this to the next level. Let's, let's get these guys to playoffs, especially moving down to classification. So that was my goal. And then, you know, obviously you moved schools uh, from Timber Creek to the colony and it was a step up for you. And, you know, obviously had an opportunity to think if I wanted to move back to a bigger school, um, back to, DFW, which is a place that I really, really like and, uh, you know, people that I love and stuff, um, or, you know, continue with the kind of foundation that, you know, I'd been working on for the past two years. Um, ultimately decided obviously to take that step. And a lot of it was, a lot of it was personal based. I, I, you know, I was thinking from a career perspective, obviously like this is, this is good because I have an opportunity to learn. And still, you know, have my own team, get to make decisions, you know, as any head coach would, but at the same time, be able to learn under somebody. And that was something that was probably, I would say, more beneficial than me just figuring it out myself. 
And, you know, that's something that I like to do, but at the same time, because I like to challenge myself a little bit in that regard, but at the same time, like just being around people who have had, you know, 30 years of experience and these type of things and questions that, you know, rattle my brain all the time. It's, it's like a, it's like a no brainer for, uh, you know, those type of people. So it's, it's really helpful uh, Mm -hmm. just to kind of take that step back. But yeah, interesting, uh, interesting case in that, you know, I kind of took what seems like took a step back being a head coach at a small school and then going to be assistant at a big school. But I think definitely for the better for my career. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I think that's really unique and you do know what it takes to be a head coach. You know, I, I still sit here and I kind of wonder like, am I ready? Could I do it? Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm content learning being an assistant right now, but you mm-hmm. know, my ultimate goal is to be a head coach. So I sit there and I'm thinking like, I don't know if I have what it takes. Um, and that's, that's kind of cool that you, you have a basis of how you did things, um, before. And now you, you know, now you're going to be able to take some things that you're learning. Yeah. And, and I definitely, and that's not to say that like, I definitely didn't have what it took when I got that job. It was just sheer, like sheer, you know, fortuity and, you know, like, you're really good at drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of that, your forte. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that I kind of like. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big uh, like planner organizer in that regard. I just kind of like being able to have a back against the wall a little bit and be adaptable and stuff. And so, yeah, I think I'm not the best at, but I'm trying to get more lenient on. Um, let's change this positive or this this podcast in a little more positive direction. There are some awesome aspects about being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what do you what would you say is the most fun thing that you get to do day to day? You know. And I, you know, uh, just, just being a coach, like, what, what do you enjoy about it? What are some just awesome things that you get to do? I just think like, <laughs> like talking to, like from a professional standpoint, in terms of what we do, talking to other professionals is like, you just kind of sit back and you're just like, okay, this is part of my life instead of sitting back and talking about performance reports or spreadsheets and stuff or, you know, whatever a, a person may be doing. Uh, <clears throat> You know, we're talking about. Oh man, Duke looked great last night. You know, uh, did you see that anything that they, you want to right, take from Duke? Right. Yeah. How about the baseline out of bounds play that Buzz Williams ran last night to give Valtech a chance to tie? And you know, that's that's sort of something that you kind of, if you have a little bit of perspective, you sit back and you're like, man, that's that's pretty cool, like easily. And then obviously, like a big one is you know being around kids who are trying to accomplish some some of the things that you know. Uh, <clears throat> that you sort of maybe went through as a, as a kid and you kind of want to impart knowledge and you want to be a part of, uh, be a part of their success and everything. And that, and that's obviously very, very rewarding as well. Yeah. I, I think for me, the most fun thing is, is like I get to be in shorts by 1130 every day. And, uh, you know, on Fridays during the off season, I play and it's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, that from a selfish perspective, like being able to play and have a pickup game whenever I feel like it's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and from a kid's perspective, I, I think God made me to just like, I'm built to, to love on 16 to eight year, 18 year olds because they're old enough where they're, you know, they're starting to figure out a little bit what life is and just getting to have those conversations and see where they're at with some things. Um, and, and just getting to dig in a little bit deeper. Um, about their lives and you know because we 
during the season, we see these guys more than they see their families. Yeah. And quite frankly, more than we see our families sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to pour in um, to them in a way like, and in that way is just, is just amazing. And shout out to my wife um, just because she's, she makes it all happen because without her, you know, I've told her many times, like, if this is too much, you need to tell me and I can find something else to do. Um, but she's pretty adamant that she wants me. She wants me coaching. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of back to that point, I think any coach's wife will definitely, <laughs> if you ask them kind of their point of view, they will bypass the glamour of it and just say, sometimes it could be really hard, you know, no definitely doubt. compared to, you know, some other things, but, um, and that just kind of gives you an idea. And another thing, kind of like what you were saying, you know, it's, it's very, our, okay. So like our, when you talk about like our good and bad, when you talk about our job compared to others, like our bad affects a lot when you think about it. Like maybe at, a, at another job, and I'm not saying like teaching is, is you know, more uh, fulfilling to, you know, than any other thing you know, because I'm not. But it's definitely, it's definitely impactful though. Um, <clears throat> but if you look at, you know, our bad days affect children, you know, at pivotal points of their life and pivotal points of their, uh, their maturity. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, that's something that's really powerful and it, but it's a huge responsibility. And I think, you know, it, it goes way past, you know, just being around hoops or, uh, being around football or whatever sport you may coach. Uh, it's, it's really, really, it, it's a big responsibility. No doubt, man. And, you know, I just, it is a weighty job. And, um, you said our bad days affect the kids. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked for forgiveness from the kids or I've just, I've gotten frustrated with one of them and come back the next day and man, been like, Hey man, I, I had a bad day and I took that out on you and I need to ask for your forgiveness because, um, that's not how I want to operate. Um, and you know, the kids looking at me like I'm crazy, but, um, I think the way you phrase that is like our, our bad days can affect affect them. And I, th I just think that's so true. Um, okay. So changing gears a little bit. Um, let's just hear about a typical day in season for you. Um, just run me through the beginning to the end. Um, I know it starts typically pretty early when you guys have morning practice. Yeah. If we, you know, sometimes because of gym space, uh, if my group has to go early in the morning, you know, we'll start at 6.30, so I'll be up there at like 6.15, um, and we'll um, <clears throat> go through basically 9 o'clock, and that'll be like our practice for the day. And you've planned practice beforehand. you got to get down there, put the baskets um, down yeah. so your kids can shoot. Um, There's still the administrative stuff. You don't really want to go through a practice and just kind of wing it. You want to seem prepared. I think it reflects well on – the kids part, like they respond to that a little bit better if they think that, you know, you're prepared. Right. And preparing um, in basketball, you, you can't be too far ahead when you prepare for it um, simply because you don't know how your kids are going to play on Tuesday night. So your practice Wednesday has got to reflect what happened on Tuesday night. And totally. it takes time to prepare to practice, in my opinion. Um, so you let's say you practice from 6.30 to 9, you got there around 6, set up the gym, got the clock out, put the goals down, got the balls out. Um, kids are there. Right. 
Um, practice, 9 a.m., what happens next? Yeah, I got about a, like a hot 15 minutes to change and make sure I'm good to go with all my uh, copies and stuff and well, go on to second period. Um, people are vicious about the copy machine, by the way. Uh, that is very correct. It is very intimidating. I have, a, I, actually, I, I have a bad reputation in the athletic hallway <laughs> copy, about using all the copy paper. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Friday afternoons is when I, I've started going, so I don't have to see anybody. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. Anyways, um, keep going. But yeah, I was going to say, uh, <clears throat> second period's like 9.20 to 11, so you know, you'll be in class teaching you know, during that time. And, and kind of like you were saying earlier, again, teaching is not just – this was where I just had a super disconnect because I just learned differently from other people, and I, I'm totally fine like absorbing information just by – listening to somebody or looking at something and uh, <clears throat> kids are just not that way. They need you know, just other ways of, of learning. Uh, I think that that's a big uh, misconception is that you, you just lecture and just basically spit out what you know and just expect the kids to do it. And that's how easy it is being a teacher. And it's just not, it's not, um, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. Second period, uh, go through 11, then I have a nice long conference period uh, between 11 and about one fifteen. uh, where I can go get lunch. Um, in season, I'll probably use a lot of that time to do opponent scout, um, <clears throat> break down stats for my group, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of be able to practice plan and uh, see what kind of things I want to implement with my guys, uh, see if I want to do any type of groupings for, you know, competition stuff or, uh, <clears throat> you know, any type of shooting drills or anything like that. Because uh, a lot has to go into that, you know. You get you can't just say I'm going to put this kid with this kid, this kid with this kid. Like it's you got to kind of think, okay, what, who am I going to group this kid with to get the most out of this specific kid? Because we need this kid to play better. Um, kind of thinking along those lines. That's good. Uh, but yeah, got that time uh, to do that. Then about one fifteen, go to fourth period, teach until. 2.45, then go to fifth period for me, which is golf. Um, if I'm in basketball season, I don't, I'm not really expected to do anything with golf because they're always, um, they're always like going to the golf course or anything, unless I, unless I have to go work them out, which a lot of times I do. Um, <clears throat> so I'll put them through a little bit of a workout, 3.45 hits and you know, the school day is over with. Now <clears throat> I'll go with varsity typically. If it was that early morning session, if it's not an early morning session and, you know, my kids start at or go from eight to nine Oh five, then we'll have after school practice from four to five thirty. But if it's varsity, um, they'll typically probably start film four thirty, Um, and then varsity practice typically before district times can be a little bit longer during district. It's a little bit ramped back. So just to give them a little bit more time to recover and everything because district competition just, you, you're playing less guys sometimes and you know, that can, that can be a little bit tough on the legs. So uh, yeah, probably go five to six thirty, five to six forty-five, or five to seven, you know, just to kind of depending on where you're at and uh, basically how well practice is going a lot of times, you know, that. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. um, and you know, so I mean that that's, that's an average day. And then, so you're looking at around 13 hours. Yeah. For an average day. We're not even talking game days when we're not getting home till um, 10 or 11. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and, you know, while the games are the games are a blast. Oh, totally. They um, make it all worth it. 
for sure. And, and all this is fun. This is, this is every day for, for four months. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, while again, not complaining about the grind, it, it is a grind and it does get monotonous and there are a lot of administrative stuff that you have to do. Um, you know, on game days when you're driving the bus, you got to take your whole off period then you got to go get the bus. Then you got to drive the bus and, um, tons of paperwork that goes along with that. Um, Go ahead. And again, just the the risk of being responsible of all of these lives while you're driving said bus. Said bus, yes. And it's just, um, you know, there's just a lot more that, that meets the eye that goes into it that I just had no idea going into. Um, if you had to tell some – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, then, you know, you're not including like Saturdays, which before district typically, you know – They're full-blown practices. Yeah, you're, you're going – you're practicing, so like – Typical Saturday for me, my guys would practice early and lift. Um, and As in then, the JV. Yeah, yeah, the JV will practice early and lift, uh, usually probably like 8 to 10 on the floor and then 10 to 10.30 in the weight room, something like that. And then varsity will go 10.30 to 11 in the weight room, and then they'll practice for an hour and a half, something like that. And then, you know, you're maybe going to have a quick lunch, and then you're going to uh, – try and go scout tournaments. That's, that's typically what Saturdays are like kind of pre-district. There's always somebody that you can go watch. No so. doubt. And then, you know, and then you get that night off and that Saturday night, if no one's playing and mm -hmm. you know, Sunday you start your prep for your Tuesday game. Yep. And uh, if you have an off night, if you're not playing on a Tuesday night, well, guess what? Everyone else is. Yes. So that's a night to go get a leg up and you'll probably spread out with your coaches to go watch some different teams. So even when you have an off night said, it's not an off night. And, Again, not complaining. This is what it takes to be good. Yeah. Um, and that's like a – that's a big difference like between, I guess, small school and bigger school. There's just a higher expectation about what you need to do to kind of separate yourself because, you know, when you're at the highest level, not everybody's going to have the same kids um, and you need to do everything that you can in order to kind of – make adjustments in terms of, you know, oh, we're, we're, you know, we don't have, we don't, we may not have, you know, size, you know, how are we going to find a way to win? Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure that out. And that's, that's a big part of it. So. Yeah. And then um, even on game night, you know, setting up the gym, you, you oh, know, God. you, you pull out the bleachers, your kids put out the chairs, you, uh, you know, you get the, the table ready right. you get the music going you know and it's it's a production and god forbid if the music doesn't work you know uh, the kids freak out yep. and then you know there's just an endless there's always something that, that goes wrong totally um and you've got to be expectant of that um but boy when the lights come on and you and you get to play in one of those kellivers timber creek or the little elm the colony robberies it's right it's just all it's all worth it it's buzzing oh yeah um playoff game your, your mind's going a thousand miles an hour and you're trying to calm yourself down and make sure that you're focused on what you need to be focused on and you know even before games kind of like you said you've got so many things that you have to be able to do especially if you have a home game that like you can't really decompress yeah. and just kind of think it's, you just got to keep going away games you can in my opinion yeah because you're not having to do all the administrative stuff to set right. up the gym you're not and having you to do like the kinda, you can just kind of sit back a little bit decompress and just kind of calm yourself, think about what you need to do um, <clears throat> that can, you know, help your guys out. And, you know, you can watch some of the sub-varsity games and see what they do. And, you know, hey, maybe they have similar calls or, you know, you're very observant. You know, you're not just like 
but that kind of goes back to what you're saying. There's not really an off switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're just going and blowing at that point in the season is it's, it's a fun, fun grind, but it's definitely you, you feel the grind. So let me ask you this. We'll kind of wrap this thing up. If you were to tell um, someone that wants to enter this field and wants to be a coach, and you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, use your resources. And by that, I mean other people. Other people who have been around longer than you don't think that you – don't think that you are going to have it hundred percent right because I promise you, you won't um, <clears throat> be willing to kind of adapt to tips that people give you and just make things easier for yourself. You were, you were really a big uh, influence on me. My first year of teaching, it was your second year of teaching, I think. Yeah. So you kind of had ideas in terms of like how, like little things to make things easier on yourself from a time management standpoint, because that's the, a year one teacher and coach will find that to be the most challenging thing is time management. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, just finding ways to make things a little bit easier on yourself uh, or just little time savers, and you know, making sure that you're productive during every second while you're at work to where, you know, you can decompress and, and, and not have to take work home as much. You will, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're always watching film or something on a weekend or, or a weeknight or something kind of getting ready and everything. But, you know, if, you know, if anything, you know, try and use as much time as possible um, while you're at work to where you can kind of decompress when you get uh, to the house and just kind of keep that work life balance. Yeah, no, I, mine kind of goes along with that. Mine's mine would be a B, um, adaptable, which is not a strong suit of mine. Yeah. Um, it, it, whether it's teaching or coaching in, in, in the classroom, mm-hmm. you're going to have, you're going to have lessons that just aren't very good mm-hmm. and you're going to have stuff that the kids don't like. It doesn't mean that you're a bad teacher for that day. It just means it didn't work out move on from it and just kind of roll with the punches and get, you know, get through it and make it as fun as you can. Um, and the coaching be adaptable because, there's going to be a day you walk into the gym and the dance team is in there and y'all have a miscommunication about who had the gym. And so, um, where you feel like you're going to get 10 goals. So you have, you know, you have your groups broken up into twos at each different goal. You got to go into a six person gym and you got to change that. And you just kind of got to roll with some punches that just come your way. Um, I'll give you something that happened yesterday, Friday. Um, my head coach's daughter got in a, in a car accident and, and coach Ryan was just like, Hey, I'm not going to be there fourth period. I got to go take her car in and <laughs> take care of that during the, during my off period. Right. I said, Hey man, I got it. And, um, you know, just had to roll with it. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. And that's how kind of how work is sometimes, but it's just like anything else, just roll with it. Don't expect everything to go perfect because when you expect that it's, it's probably not going to go <laughs> the way you plan. Yeah. And kind of back to what you were saying like be adaptable and like try and make it as fun as you can. I think you got to be willing to, you got to be willing to give kids a little bit. Oh. Like you, you cannot walk into any setting and just, uh, you know, just, you know, be a hard A and, and just, you know, act like you're just gonna, like everything's going to run your way. I mean, you can absolutely have processes and things put in place to where you can, you know, stay in control and keep it less chaotic. But at the same time, like, sometimes you got to give the kids a little bit it just kind of for themselves because they're they're kids who are going through a lot of crazy pivotal stuff in their life and uh, 
and probably say that, you know, just giving them a little bit, like, you know, let them watch a video while they're working on something you know, uh, in basketball. Let them listen to music while going through uh, layup lines or something like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. You got you to gotta give kids a little bit. I What I do is I call it a tech break. And it actually works more efficiently just for my class. But it gives them 10 minutes. I try and go. We do block scheduling, so we have an hour and a half classes. So I try and go 40 minutes on. A ten minute break and then forty more minutes on. Yeah. Um. And and that ten minute break, like I can't sit still for ninety minutes. I can barely do it for twenty. Um. So it's hard to expect our kids to do that. Right. Um. And you know, if there's a Friday that that we we're a little bit ahead and you know, there's twenty twenty minutes left in class. You know, sometimes I'm just like, hey, y'all, y'all have it, and just giving them the little wins. I think matters i did a bracket challenge which i've moved into first if they beat me they get a homework pass and no one is beating me right now <laughs> um so go who's uh go virginia but anyways it's i i think this conversation has been really cool um if you have questions please 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 reach out um you can reach out to me through social media or um through devin through social media but we appreciate you guys listening um and thanks have a good day